After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Tuesday night. The Kings just wrapped up five games in seven nights of back-to-back after losing last night to the shorthanded Jazz. They took on a well-rested Celtics team, a Celtics team that was back healthy, ready to go, and they absolutely rocked the Sacramento Kings in the second half. They dropped 132 on Sacramento and beat the Kings 132-109. to The Kings now 0-6 on the season against the top of the Eastern Conference. We're talking about the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers. Mm. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? I'm fine. I just hear BoJack howling in the background, by the way, just to be clear. That's the type of star we are to this podcast. Oh, my God. He needs to shut up. <laughs> Want me to go shut him up? Yeah, go shut Sorry. him up real fast. We appreciate you guys being with us. And... The Kings just wrapped up a rough stretch, and I don't know if, like, tonight's a little bit of a reality check. I think we all knew going into this game it was going to be really, really challenging. The Celtics team is beyond legit. We know that coming into this game. They just got win number 50 on the season, and they presented so many problems for the Sacramento Kings tonight. We'll go over the highs and lows of this game. Paul Pierce was at the game. He was on the pregame set gassing up Mike Brown as coach of the year, but then he was also on the postgame show with a ton of Celtics fans around. I know that made some Kings fans cringe a bit, but we'll go over every single aspect of the game. Morgan Reagan is trying to corral BoJack right now. Will she do it? Let's see if she does it. She does! Good job! Bojack is corralled after going crazy outside. Say hi, Bojack. Can he show his face? Thank you. Say hi. Bojack doesn't want to talk today. He doesn't want to talk inside. All right, Morgan, let's uh, go over what we saw tonight in this Kings loss. Um, We knew it was going to be tough, obviously. The Celtics seems really good. They were well-rested. They got Robert Williams back. All their guys are pretty much back in the fold. And uh, it was really tough. I thought Sacramento came out ready to go. I thought the one interesting wrinkle to start this game was they were putting a wing on Sabonis. And they had Jason Tatum on them. They had Derek White on them. It felt like the Kings took advantage of that early on. They did. But the Celtics defense, you could just tell from all these years of playing together now, they just have the corporate knowledge. They know each other. The communication's top-notch. They're switching everything. And I think their plan was, yeah, 
go ahead, have Sabonis try to kill us inside all night. It's going to take you away from what you usually do, which is Sabonis, uh-huh. right, on the high post, constantly moving. I thought in the first half, the Kings did a good job with it. Second half, it was disastrous. Dude, their movement, their flow, um, their rhythm of their offense, everything was taken away from them with the way that the Celtics were switching. Now, like you said, in the beginning of the game, it's like they started Jason Tatum on Sabonis. It's not like they were switching him on to him and everything. So that's And then you had Al Horford on Kessler Edwards, who Edwards then was like, okay, well, I will shoot this. So things were looking good. Celtics made adjustments. Celtics made adjustments to their very good defense. And their very good defense was able to execute at a very high level when they were just switching back and forth. It just didn't allow the Kings to really penetrate penetrate through. It didn't allow enough movement. It's one of those nights where you're like, I did miss Kevin Herter a lot. Oh, for sure. That's the other thing. Kings were playing without Kevin Herter yet again. Second half of back-to-back. And you could definitely see it in that second half especially in the late stages they just looked completely gassed at the end of that game not making excuses people say that you're making excuses for the kings like no i mean it's five and seven back to back it's rough it is rough and you're back home taking on a really good celtics team that last played saturday when they lost to the utah jazz Ah, and they were shorthanded they also lost to the jazz but yeah i just felt like the switching too worked out so well i thought the kings a couple times were oh cool we'll go ahead and get Derek white switched on him but horford did a great job like switching back yep they were just on a string defensively and you just look at that team and go yeah this is the team that went to the eastern conference finals last year they're a championship caliber team and the good news for sacramento is I like that they're seeing like these teams like Milwaukee this is what I want to go to. and Boston mm-hmm. late in the year now. This is like the pre-playoff ramp up here. You're going to learn a lot here for the postseason because teams are watching tonight. And I know not every team can switch like Boston yeah. with all that depth. But if you're watching tonight, you're seeing what can get Sacramento you're, out of their game. You're going, oh, this is the film we need yeah. to watch. This is the game plan. This is the playbook. Um, obviously, like you just said, doesn't mean that they can execute it at a high level, switching back and forth if it's not their identity as a defense. But it does allow them to pick and choose other little things. Oh, okay, if we create this, um, you know, busyness in the paint where they can't really attack or penetrate in or you saw them against a zone like the jazz that when they were throwing that at them and the ball was just you know moving around the perimeter and so you saw how the kings now played against the milwaukee bucks and the boston celtics uh in the last couple of weeks and Look at how they played the Bucs in the beginning of the year and the adjustments that they made in this last game. And now the Boston Celtics tonight, both the Celtics and the Bucks played way up for the Sacramento Kings, which I loved. I love that they had like their guys playing. Um, even tonight, you know, just a lot of healthiness with obviously having Rob Williams out there, having Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and everyone. But it was a tough, tough game for the Kings. But the way that they played in that first half... I was thinking in my head, like, okay, if this wasn't a second night of a back-to-back, do you think we would have seen a better second half from the Kings? We don't know right now. We don't know. Yeah, it may have been a little closer. I just think the Celtics are, like, that good. They'll pick you apart. I mean, they obviously did defensively, but offensively, too. They got whatever they wanted against Sacramento tonight. I mean, the Kings just looked very soft defensively. And there were time stretches on possessions where, like, oh, they are. the Celtics have them scrambling a little bit, but they're recovering. They're recovering. And it would be like... Oh, they force a miss, long rebound to Boston, they hit a three. And you're just like, those are backbreaking things. Derek White killed them. I mean, Derek White was awesome tonight. Dude, well, which is so funny because I even mentioned him in my pregame because I know it's, you have to understand, it's not just their main stars that are going to have really good nights yeah. against uh, teams night in and night out. It's their role players are um, such, such solid role players that they have on these squads. And I think with uh, the Celtics, what they did so great offensively was the way that they penetrated into the paint. Anytime that they put the ball on the floor, penetrated into the paint, the way that the Kings would have to collapse would allow everyone to be open from the outside. Even if it wasn't the most open shot, it was open enough, and my God, were they knocking them down, shooting 40% from three-point land, 18 of 44. 
Let's go over some of the stuff we did see early because Sacramento didn't have a lead at the end of one. And what was significant about it was 32-30. Fox only played five minutes. They went with Mitchell for a while because Davion was out there looking pretty good. Yeah. Monk and Sabonis connected on a couple of nice plays in that first quarter in the pick and roll. Oh, my God. One where that... The give and go. The give and go back and forth. Another one where a little pick and roll again. Monk did, made the right decision, went with the floater because he didn't want to be predictable, had the floater knock that in. That was good to see Sacramento 55% shooting. They knocked down 6 of 15 from 3. Second quarter, I liked how they eventually went with a small ball lineup. They, yeah. You saw Trey Lyles out there, small ball 5. That was kind of mixed results. But really, I thought the the good thing that we saw in that second quarter was Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell brought it in that first half. He was knocking down his shot, which is great. Knocking down threes is great. Knocking down mid-range. It's amazing. He gets a little more of an extended run tonight, and I don't know if it was because he had it going, and in addition to that, they were looking to like chill Fox's minutes a little bit. Yeah. He got it going, but then he was in the guys defensively. He played some amazing defense. I mean, he was doing it all, right? The way that he was getting into guys, you saw him on a few possessions against Jalen Brown and just... I, we've seen that before against other great players. And then on the offensive end, not only was he knocking down his outside shots that people were obviously penetrating, passing out to him, but he was creating for himself as well in the mid-range game. I think he had like two jumpers. Um, whatever it was, he was mixing up his offensive game, looking confident, uh, and it was just so great that you could depend on him right away, especially because Fox was taken out so quick. Were you surprised he only played five minutes in that second half? He did not score. <sighs> yeah, um, but maybe, yes, 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 I am. I keep going back to go, uh, keep going back to going. Mike Brown, I don't understand his rotations at times. Okay. And, He's won a lot this season, so I try not to question them because you're not going to be perfect every single game. But I was curious as to why he wouldn't go back to Davion Mitchell. But I also think I know the answer. I think he just doesn't trust him um, on the offensive end and was like, oh, I can't put this out there right now. I think part of it, too, was they didn't play Fox a lot in the first half, and they were just like, okay, cool. We didn't play Fox a lot in the first half. Let's play him in the second half. When we're, when we're you know, well, I guess... He only played 12 minutes. Fox only played, what, 12 minutes in that first half. Dude, in that, but, wow, really? In that, um, the way that the first half ended, too, I thought it was deflating in, for the Kings even starting the second half. I know you go get the hell over it. It's halftime. Um, the last four minutes of the first half is over with, you know, zero, zero, boom, let's go. But at the same time, there was something to it, it was like, oh, this is, this is out of control. Like these officials, <laughs> and I'm not blaming the game on the officials. Again, I'm just talking about moments that sucked with officiating. Yeah, I felt like the final couple minutes of the second quarter it was a rough look for the officials. Um, the Kings were up 52-47 on a beautiful play, late shot clock. Kessler Edwards, I thought, had some nice moments in that first half, too. Off, attacking the offensive glass, creating second-chance opportunities, but hitting that nice little two-man game with Sabonis where he had an open dunk with the shot clock winding down. The crowd went crazy. It put the Kings up. But then Boston closed on a 9-0 run. And they take a 60-54 lead. There's some questionable calls, I thought. I thought Keegan got called for a cheap one where smart flop. Fox got called for a touch foul. And then Tatum had the and one at the end of the half. It was just a rough way to finish where the Kings were up. And you're thinking, okay, that's, good. that's nice. Then all of a sudden, they go into the half and they're down 60-54. to Yeah. And so, obviously, whether that carried into the third quarter or not, doesn't matter. I mean, those are the moments, like, you have to get over it and figure out your shit but um second half came and the celtics just looked really good they looked like a, a a team that had has had a lot of postseason experience and i think it was a a wake-up call that second half was for the sacramento kings and what type of basketball they're going to be playing in the postseason Dude, it was such a bad third quarter it was 40 31 boston in that third quarter and the shooting numbers were pretty ridiculous the king's def defense just looked like an absolute 
mess at that point. In that third quarter, Boston scored 40 points. They were 15 of 21 shooting, 71% from three. Sacramento put up 31 points on 54% shooting, 5 of 11 from three. But not bad, but your defense was giving up everything. And then when Tatum is taken over, Brown is taken over. Felt like they couldn't miss. They end up knocking down 18 threes. Derek White was 5 of 10 from downtown. Yep. He had 20 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds. They got second chance opportunities that killed the Kings. Second chance opportunities were 17-5. And the other key tonight, fast break points. Kings only had two in this game. But yeah, I, the Celtics were making everything. And it was deflating for Sacramento. I thought one big swing. Fox got called for a foul. It's 67-61. Brown was frustrated. He didn't think Fox fouled him. It was kind of a oh. soft foul, whatever. It's at the 958 mark, and they use the challenge. Yes, he did, and he fouled Jalen Brown. He did. I mean, it was just a physical play. I, it could have gone either way, but when you're going to challenge a play, it, if you ever challenge it and it's in the middle, like, ah, oh, this one can go either way. It, it could be deemed a foul in basketball, whatever. You probably shouldn't challenge it. No, it's NBA, NBA coaches don't know how to use challenges. They don't know how to use them. You don't use them here. I will tell every coach in the NBA – Tell me why at the 9.58 mark of the third quarter, you're using your challenge on a eh, play. Dude. That's kind of because you're being emotional. And yes. in those moments, you can't be emotional. You, you, especially in that time, it's like this game's kind of close to, I want to save that for later. I want to save that timeout for later. I want to have the opportunity to challenge a play late in a close game. Ultimately, it didn't come back to bite them, but these early challenges that some of these NBA coaches are using, I just don't get it at all. Matt Barnes was uh, on the broadcast at the time that this was going down or something, or maybe they asked him about it, and he was like, yeah, I think he just challenged that one so he wouldn't get a technical. You know, like, because he was just feeling it. And, it. and you're right, it was used out of emotion. I mean, you and I, we were calling a G League game, G League Ignite game the other day, and Jason Hart used his challenge within two minutes of the game. Yeah. And even though they like, end up losing by a lot, but it was just, the, yes, you just go, why is this happening? The whole point of this challenge is not to be used upon emotion. It's not to stick up for your guy. I mean, get a technical for that. You know, use your challenge for a possible important play late in the game there's just so many big swings in that quarter i'm looking back at my notes you know boston goes up 13 after marcus smart hits a 379 65 kings end up going down 14 at the halfway point of that third quarter you had the sequence where there was a turnover keegan miss I, what was keegan doing on the fast break the layup i don't Again, know this guy, and then barnes tried keegan. cleaning it up please for the life go dunk that ball yeah you are six eight i mean he's laying it up like he, you got to go hard to the rim, and he. I don't know what he was thinking that. That situation. and that that wasn't his best decision, but he had another good decision just in a half court offense. I think early on in the game where it was Horford was switched on him, and he was going to the bucket on him, and instead of just going all the way to the rack, he like ended up going up oh, yeah. for a float. That was one of the first plays of the third quarter. In my point, oh okay. And my point is, it's like he just made a bad decision. Right? I know, but I mean, these are things that like. He needs to attack. That just has to happen. With and authority. You are on a fat... Th th you had the ability to push and dunk that ball. Yes. Instead, it was kind of slow motion, soft with it. And you missed it. And then Stop Harrison Barnes tried putting it. it back up and... The the, if I'm Mike Brown, those are the plays that drive me insane with him. Oh, I'm sure these he are was things mad. we talked about. Go dunk on somebody. That's the other thing. And then another swing play. Oh, and then right after that, Harrison Barnes missed the the putback. That's what and I then said. Derek Williams scored. You didn't say that part. Oh, I, was just I didn't say that part. That because I hopped in there in yeah. the middle. Um, and then another big swing because Boston makes ten of their first eleven. Sabonis so has that second chance. There's like 18 guys around. I think all of Boston's bench actually came on the court around him to try oh, to prevent it. Did they? I he gets that. blocked, and then White hits a three ball, and it's 93-81. You're just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it was dagger after dagger at that point, right? Like the the Celtics were were feeling the energy, feeling the they're vibing off each other. Which how could you not when you're knocking down? your shots like they are and their defense just started becoming more and more dominant, which for the Kings, I think you 
something you can learn from this game is, okay, what do we need to do differently here? And I'm pointing to my brain for all audio listeners, mentally. What could we have clicked differently to power through? And I know that's, it's hard. It's like sometimes when there's a defense thrown at you and you're not prepared to break it down properly, it's going to be hard. But at the same time, you have to find a way to make that in-game adjustment as you continue forward. Yeah, I think that end of the second quarter was really deflating for them. And then you're coming out in the second half trying to give something. The third quarter, they go out and all-out blitz on you. And they got what they wanted. I mean, drill penetration. I thought there were some sometimes where it seemed like they're trying to... The the help just wasn't there defensively. Yeah. Like you're giving up a little bit of a drive and you expect the help to be there and the help's not there. It's a straight line drive to the basket. Oh God. You know, just getting those paint touches and they get that ball whipping around your, your defense is scrambling. There are moments where the Kings were scrambling. Okay. But the way they have such great chemistry in Boston, they know each other so well. Yep. They've got smart, high IQ players. They whip that shit around. They'll keep you scrambling oh, yeah. until they get what they want. And that's what it was. It yeah. was scrambling with the with the dribble, scrambling with the pass. I mean, they execute so many different things on the offensive end that even when the Kings were playing well, they still got a good look at the basket. Even if they were missing it, obviously we talked about second chance opportunities with these guys as well. Um, Deuce, one comment I really wanted to get to because I thought this was interesting with you and I talking about Keegan Murray and just that swing play of him even not throwing it down with authority. Lee Adams in the chat says, Keegan is a rookie learning to assert himself. For sure. He's shown he can be physical. He is from Iowa. Iowa nice is a real thing. And I just thought that was really funny. funny. Yeah, just to be clear, I'm not like... I'm not no. saying he's never going to be able to. I love Keegan. I just I just thought in that example, it's like, go get him, But the man. Iowa nice thing made me laugh. But at the same time, it's so tr- You're yeah. seeing these moments where he is that nice guy out there. And you're like, how can we make you a little nasty out there? What else is it going to take? And it's there. He's capable. But how he needs to bring it out consistently, we will see. Yeah. No Kings player scored 20 points tonight. It's ah. kind of crazy to think about. And the Kings really struggled to get even a, over 100 in this game. They end up going to the deep bench in the fourth. There are a couple of times I'm like, are they going to make this close? I think they got it to like a 12 at one point. Yeah, Monk cut it to 107.95. But, and then Boston was in the penalty at the 725 mark. And you're thinking, all right, maybe it could get interesting. Then Sabonis misses both free throws. And you're oh. like, oh, they are completely gassed. And then there was that one play. The game had pretty much already fallen apart. Sabonis launched a three. And it was so short. So I'm like, short. look, there's sometimes in the league you just have schedule losses. Yeah. And tonight, to me, was just one of them. We talked about earlier today. I'm like, I don't know what the league was thinking with this schedule. And I know they're not the Kings aren't the only team to go through this throughout the year. Okay, no. I'm not acting like, the, but I'm just saying in general, you know, the NBA is so much about, hey, we got to limit back to backs. We got to do this and that. We got to spread things out. We want guys to be right. Yeah. I just don't understand how the schedule, you you make it five and seven, right? But it's a four-game road trip where you go all the way back east, Uh make your way back to Salt Lake City for the final game of the road trip, and then you play the next night against a team that has the serious rest advantage. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And then you're off two days and another back-to-back. You can't spread this shit out. That's what I was even going to say. Like, Why couldn't they have made the Celtics-Kings game tomorrow night? But then I think in their in their scheduling, it would have been the Celtics staying on the yeah, West Coast the for too long. It was a final game of their road trip. I under, yeah. The schedule is not easy to come up no. with. I just I I don't like five and seven in the NBA. I mean, there used to be four and five a lot Oof. in the NBA, um, but five and seven's a lot. It is, and especially. I mean, late in the year when there's important basketball Dude, being yes. played, it's like it hits a little different, right? And, and I just think that fatigue, like, and again, there's a portion of people listening to this right now. They're like, "Are you really making excuses?" It's not. There's certain things that are just like factual. It's hard to play five and seven, and there's mental and physical things that you have to overcome. And to do it against a team like this is even if the Kings were like rusted, mm-hmm. the Celtic, this was going to be a tough game no matter what, Dude, especially without Kevin Herter. If they had won this game, it we still would have been factoring every everything in like, oh my God, it has to be the conditioning for them to be able to play five <laughs> games in seven nights and beat the Boston Celtics on the second night of a back-to-back after they were well-rusted. Like it would be 
part of the topic that we you know that we would factor in um but instead we're talking about this loss against the boston celtics and half a game was played well so tatum ends up with 36 points man he had some nice moments although what's up with tatum going six of 11 from the line tonight he missed that first two and they yeah. got crumble cookies early at golden one center he had 36 points eight rebounds four assists brown had 27 points on 10 of 16, including 4 of 7 from 3. I mentioned Derek White, 20, 11, and 7. Um, Marcus Smart returned to the lineup. He had 17. You did see the return of Robert Williams. He only played 20 minutes in this game. First game back from injury, he was in foul trouble too. Al Horford, I swear, just doesn't miss from 3 this year. It's like mid-40s from 3. He was 3 of 5 from downtown too. So, tough mm. night for Sacramento. Sabonis did get another triple-double, his 12th of the season. 16 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists on 7 of 12. He was 2 of 6 from the line. HB had a pretty quiet night, 11 points. He had like a stretch where, you know, it seemed like in the third, like, oh, is he going to get it going? He only finished with 11. De'Aaron had 18 points in just under 29 minutes on 6 of 11 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. A pretty quiet night uh, for him. And then off the bench, TD added 12. He got hot for a brief moment. And uh, Davion had 13. Monks struggling again, 1 of 7. 4 from three. Um, before we continue on, let's hear from Sabonis and Brown. Sure. Both of those guys are talking about something that bugged the Kings a little bit tonight. And it's something that we've seen a couple of times this year. The Raptors, the last time they played the Celtics, these teams are able to switch a lot, really bugged the Kings. What did Sabonis see? They came out and threw something at us that we've only, we've, we've only seen against them. They put smaller guys on me, switched everything, you know, um, took us out of our pick and roll game. Um, you know, so um, it made us think, you know, and um, we, ju- we just got to be prepared next time, but better for that. Domas, a big story of the game was, was turnovers. What, could you point to any th- one thing in particular that, that led to all those turnovers? You know, they were uh, switching all game, so it kind of turned into more of an ISO ball, you know, going one-on-one, you know, and um, we didn't do a great job on the weak side moving or trying to keep the weak side um, engaged. And then um, there's one guy defending two two people at once, you know, so... Um, we kind of did, didn't help ourselves, you know, in the first half. We still had our legs kind of, you know, so we're, we're making shots. But in, 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 in the second half, it, de- it definitely hurt us more. Yeah, I it definitely, there were times in that second half I felt like they got stagnant. And that's the one thing that impressed me early on. The pace was insane the first few minutes oh, of the game. Both God. teams getting up and down the floor, making shots left and right. And I feel like the Kings in the half court, they were just getting in their stuff. Sabonis was doing a great yep. job orchestrating. The movement was great. You're knocking down shots. Everything starts to look good, uh, especially when you have that type of movement. But then you get a couple of turnovers. Guys start overthinking things, the switching they play physical. All of a sudden, it's in your head a little bit. The Kings had 14 turnovers in the in this game. Turned into 21 points. The Celtics did a great job uh, holding on to the ball. They only had six turnovers. They had 33 assists in the game. Outstanding stuff from them. But yeah, the switching, I think, definitely bugged Sacramento. And it's something that they have to figure out come playoff time because well, teams are going to see this to try to get them out of their game. And you said that the Celtics did a good job of hanging on to the basketball. They absolutely did. But the Kings didn't do a good enough job, I felt like, with their activity as well. And uh, again, yeah. we already mentioned how the ball swings around with the Celtics. They execute at a high level. But... I think what we've seen from the Kings is that they're capable of playing better defense, right? And I just felt like um, that is where maybe a fatigue thing can come in, not so much of an effort thing. So, yeah, and now teams looking at the Sacramento Kings offense and how to really slow it down or stop it. I mean, you get in a zone or you just switch on them a lot and you execute. Messes switching. with their passing lanes. The Dude. Celtics have size. They have length. They have good. De- and by the way, that's the other thing. Boston has great defenders. They're the only team in the NBA that's top five in offensive rating and defensive rating. They're fourth in both categories. And it messes. You, you talk about messes with them being able to penetrate and everything. It messes with even people moving without the basketball, right? Because you're trying to get to the open spots. The open spots are only beyond are mostly beyond the arc. And that's where that's why we talked about this early on, but that's why a guy like Kevin Herter I was just gonna say that. Who obviously, you know, it's not just about his three point shooting. It's more about what he's been creating with his movement without the basketball and getting to the right spots and being able to finish in that mid range. Man, that was missed. Herter constantly moves, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about dribble handoffs, cutting 
faking, popping back out, another dribble handoff. Like, the guy is everywhere. And because of how well he shoots the ball, I mean, that opens up a lot of things for Sacramento. I think that's one thing the last couple of games, especially with him out and Monk not playing well off the bench either, that kind of hurts things. But I I saw Jill Adge mention this on Twitter, and I thought it was a great point. I mean, you're right now, last couple of games, you're starting a second-year guy in Kessler Edwards who's still like, he's not like he's played heavy minutes this year. Sure. And you're starting a rookie, Keegan Murray. You know, I mean, you're these are guys that are going, although they both show flashes of doing some good things out there, they both make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're taking on a team like Boston, you really can't afford mistakes. You can't. And I'm not saying that that's the reason they lost tonight. I'm just saying without Herter in the lineup, it impacts a lot of what the Kings do. Yeah, and and, and like you said, those mistakes are... After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply are just, um, they're pounced on yep. by opponents, um, especially when it's a younger player. I mean, that's what you see a lot of vets do. They seek out the rookie to try and score on the rookie just because, you know, they, they have a few more tricks up their sleeves. So, yeah, that is a really good point. And hopefully Kevin Herter can come back Friday. Um, we obviously don't know anything, but at the same time, I expect with the right amount of rest and what we've been hearing about this injury that he should be hopefully back soon. Here's what Mike Brown had to say about the offense tonight. Uh, you got to play with a pace in the half court. Mm. Like you, you got to sprint out in the uh, screen sometimes and slip to the rim to cause a chain reaction. Um, well, your cuts does. have to be extremely hard. Um, the ball has to be moved and, and crisp. And, and if you catch the ball and somebody's closing out to you, you can't hesitate. Like, we have a, we had so many times where the ball got swung after they're switching, and even if they messed it up a little bit, when you hold it, all you're doing is letting them get back in front, you know. Uh, and then you you got to shoot the ball when you're open. I mean, there were a couple of times we were wide open and we dribbled into traffic, <laughs> you know, um, one of the things our guys are going to have to understand is come playoff team, playoff time, the best shot's an open shot because those are going to be hard to come by. And if we keep passing up open shots and driving into traffic and trying to make a play or force the action, uh, we're going to be in trouble. But, um, you know, they're, they're switched and switching uh, bothered really bothered us. We couldn't score inside. We couldn't score outside, really. And you're going to have to play with some pace and slip to the rim to put some pressure on the rim to cause the defense to collapse a little bit, whether it's by a drive or, like I said, just a cut. And then that's when you can get a good look with with a spray three or a snap drive trying to get to the rim because their defense isn't really set. Well said. Just I mean, he just simplified it. And sometimes it's easier said than done. But the, these are all part of the growing pains mm-hmm. like i know this season as because of where the kings are at currently the number three seed in the west like yeah. expect, expectations go up like oh they you expect a certain level of play for this team but dude when you're talking about some of these elite teams in the league boston these guys are legit like they, they're title contenders legit. and they played together for a long time now like brown tatum uh, Smart and Horford, these guys know each other, everything about each other on the floor. They know exactly where they want the ball, exactly when to switch. They know everything. Milwaukee, those guys have been through wars together. Yeah. Battles. The Sixers, not as much. They haven't beat. That's a sure. different story. But when you're talking about these elite teams, in the, they have their shit together. 
The Kings have been together for 72 games. And I think that's why when we came into this game, you're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. I, They're fun to watch, yeah. you guys. Yeah. I enjoy fun basketball. Now, I'll tell you this. In the beginning of that game, I was texting Deuce like, I had that those fandom nerves where yeah. I'm just like, I really want to win this game where I was feeling that. But then throughout the game, I'm watching this Celtics team just – do things on such a high level in this league against a King squad that is giving it their all. Yeah. And the Celtics are having to give it their all. You know, it's not like it's not like the other night when we watched uh, the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Raptors after the Bucks beat the Kings. Sure. And it was like they were just cruising on by being like, because they could beat the Raptors. You're seeing teams have to come in and play their best basketball. Fun for me to watch. Um, it just makes it tougher for the Kings, but yeah. more learning. But the strides that obviously we've seen this year compared to last year, but honestly, this year, you look at where they are from October when they were 0-4 to now. Yeah. You're seeing growth. You're seeing the chemistry. And Every they've game. been relatively like healthy in terms of not having guys miss a ton of games. I mean, they're still going through things, but fighting through them, whether it's Keegan's hand, you know, during that time about a month ago, what Sabonis has been dealing with all year. The guy's getting banged up. Fox has some things. Everyone's kind of banged up this time of year anyway. But Herter being out obviously impacts things. I just think their chemistry is getting better. You see more signs of it, even defensively. Even They're not good defensively, but you see better moments of, oh, okay, you're starting to see stretches. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think about the possibilities for this group mm -hmm. next year. Yeah. What does Keegan look like year two? What what is just an, another season of this main core being together? Like Fox and Sabonis' chemistry at this time next year compared to now, it's going to be a, just a different level. And that's where some of these teams have such an advantage. They obviously have the talent. The Celtics have changed over the years, but their core guys are kind of their core guys. And they're really, really good. And they know each other. That chemistry well, matters so much. And that's why it's so fun being in the Western Conference right now where it's definitely stacked with star names and players. But when you you just mentioned it, when you have core squads and teams yeah. that have been together and have built successful basketball together, that's scary to go up against when you have the fresher team that is Doing really well, though, by the way, with their in-season development, the Sacramento Kings I'm talking about. But look at the Western Conference where you have the Warriors starting to break down, where they had that core for a while. You had, you know, even the Lakers winning the bubble championship, and then obviously just things haven't really been the same. And then you have a team like the Clippers who you keep thinking season after season, will this be the year in health just keeps coming into play too with that uh, health coming into play around the NBA too. We got to talk about what went down mm. in LA tonight between uh, OKC and the Clippers where Paul George left the game uh, with a significant leg injury, I guess. I do want to give some love to the people that are hanging out with us late on a Tuesday night after the Kings got hammered tonight. You guys are the hardcore of hardcore. We Hell appreciate yeah. you guys so, so much. Make sure if you haven't yet, Hit that thumbs up button, the like button. It just helps the page grow so more and more people who don't see this channel, channel or haven't seen this channel maybe get exposed to it. And make sure you're subscribed to this channel. It just helps us grow. Shout out to some of the new subscribers at Gator Fever. Appreciate that. Also, Big John donated five bucks. And Deuce and Mo, love is spreading. Heard that Hella, Hella Halo Desserts is releasing a flavor called Bean Cream at the Jazz Game for Filipino Heritage Night. They are not. Are no. they a beam cream? Really? It, well, then they heard it from us, right? Are we getting, are we, well, I don't even need a cut. I just want to get it for free. You just want to try a no, little. No, I want, try I want free cream? scoops of bean cream forever. Mm. I'm, I, I mean, I kind of made it, mm. but they made it. Fine. I'm yeah, gonna make they, they actually execute. You just came up with a cool name. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's really cool though. Um, Let's uh, get to some more people in the chat including Kravitron. I, I think I mess that name up all the time, uh, saying nice suit deuce, LOL. Why are you saying LOL? <laughs> What's up with the LOL? It is a nice suit. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, Liv Lax says, thanks y'all for making me feel better about this loss. You would have thought the world was ending for me about an hour ago. Oh my yeah, God. I mean, look, you're going to... 
These games are going to happen. I think last night's game just kills you because if you, you squeak out last night, this one doesn't hurt as much. But you yeah. always go, oh, 3-1 road trip. There's still 11-4 and four after the All-Star break. Like, yeah. That's the other perspective I try to have. You oh, know what I mean? Truly. I mean, I look at that road trip that they just came home from, and I'm like, solid road trip. And now you're back home against the Celtics, and you had – you didn't fold, right? And I know that shouldn't be the expectation at all anymore, but I'm just glad yeah. that we did get a competitive half of basketball and a lot of a lot of learning. Um, we'll get to um, some more. Oh, we got Coach Nick. Do you want to get to Coach Nick now? Sure. All right, let's just get I him in. He said he's here. We're going to give him his chance. Uh, Nick, I heard... I heard some guy yelling behind me at the game tonight, like yelling something at the Celtics. I turn around, it's Coach Nick, and he's just smiling at me like, hi, Diaz. How did you not know it was him? I know his voice from <laughs> seven because, miles away. Because uh, there were lo- it was very it, loud in there tonight. Okay, so. okay. What is up, Nick? What's up? But I'm famous. Why, why do you mean you're famous? I, I said, dudes, why not play some defense? So that makes you famous? Why? Does, how does that make you famous? No, it makes me disappointed. I'm just disappointed because I didn't yeah. get to see no beat tonight. You know, we didn't play really well. We didn't show up tonight. We didn't have good defense tonight. So it's like, you know, you got to push the ball. Got to That's a great play p- defense. They did not push the ball even. They did not make their shots really well tonight. No defense. Great point. Great point, Nick. No, I think you talking about pushing the ball is a great point. I mean, how how can they do a better job of that when they take on the Suns on Friday? You got to play good defense. You got to push the ball, play better defense, and move the ball. Move it. Pass the ball to your teammates. Don't turn the ball over so much. Nick, what do you think about about my suit tonight? Oh. Why not wear a suit? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Nick. All right, any other thoughts? Oh, I'm excited for the start of the Kings game. Okay, I know you keep hinting at that because I need to get you a ticket. Even though, like, t- tickets are more than available, you can get yours, but you want a free ticket to the game, and I'm going to try to get you a free ticket. I, I can get you a free ticket. I just I, – yeah. I- I've been a little busy, Nick, okay? And we got two games on Friday. We got the Kings and Phoenix on Friday. Yes, we do. In the Stockton Kings game at 11 a.m. against Mexico City, the return of Scala BCR and Kenneth Fareed in the Ooh. building. Yes. And Morgan and Deuce will be on the call. Yeah, be all on right. The call. Well, sleep beams tonight, all right? Dreams. No, sleep dreams. Sleep, sleep, sleep dreams. dreams. <laughs> All right. I like how Nick always corrects us when we say sleep beams. He's like, if, yeah, I don't say sleep beams. They lose. No, no, no. You don't say sleep beams. You don't get yeah. the pleasure of saying sleep beams. Yeah. Cute, Nick. Uh, Brad in the chat says, I've never seen a more obvious schedule loss than tonight. It was the biggest schedule loss of the all schedule losses. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, DJ says, uh, Mike Brown playing 5D chess, playing Kessler and Keegs grows them for next year. Oh. Uh, Ty donated five bucks. Love you guys. What are both of your thoughts if we end up playing, getting a first round series against the Warriors? Bring it on, man. Yeah. Bring it on. Like, I, look, I don't know if they're, that Wiggins is coming back. Obviously, that's going to impact things. You respect the Warriors and what they've done. That series would be pretty wild. I mean, obviously, it's scary, but at the same time, how great would it be to be the team that ends the Warriors sure. as we know them? Or, yeah, or like even it, it, it really is the start of their end, so why not be the ones that just crush their dreams forever? But at the same time, too, I think – my other perspective of it is I've been fearful to the extent of like experience, but at the same time, better basketball can beat out experience. Um, so we'll just have to see. We got to mention this. We did mention on the pre-show. We got to mention it to you guys here for the audio crowd listening to this later. You know what we have the deuce and Mo live show. Yes, we are doing a live in-person show. It's April 14th from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock at the Russ Room at Solomon's downtown Sacramento. It's Friday, April 14th. That is the night before the NBA playoffs start. Just a couple of blocks or a block away from Golden One Center, we will be doing a live show. Tickets on sale. 
Friday morning, 10 a.m. Tickets are $10. There's no fees. We absorb the fees. We're not making you pay. Oh, it's $10, but after you, you do all the service fees, nope. it's $21.29. $10. No, it's $10. It's $10. We're using Eventbrite. We'll drop the link. It's going to be on sale 10 a.m. on Friday. Someone did ask me, too, if kids are allowed. Yep, kids are allowed because it's 7 to 9, and then after 9 is when it's 21 and up. We have to leave. We have to leave, and we'll go somewhere else. Get out of there. But, yep, kids are invited as well. We hope to have some special guests along the way. We'll have a lot of fun. And, yeah, tickets, hopefully, will Look, just get your tickets fast because there's only, like, 140-ish available. Yeah. It's so... Don't want to lose out. Don't get mad if you don't get a ticket because... The reality is we'll probably do more of these in the future. It's going to be a grand old time. Yes. We should also mention that tonight's Night Chat presented by our buddy Sean Stanfield over at rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. Hey, if you're looking to buy a house, if you have questions about buying a house, if you maybe want to refinance, does it make sense for you? For some, it makes no sense right now. For others, it could make sense. Sean will be the guy to help you through the process. It's a really simple process. Hit him up. He'll walk you through it. He's not going to push you into something. Hey, you know, no, we'll get you in a house no matter what. No, he's going to tell you if you can afford it or not. Uh, does it make sense for you to refinance? He'll tell you. All you have to do is call or text him at 916-276-7563. 916-276-7563. You can also go to his website, rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. He's a big Kings fan, too. You can talk Kings with him. Uh, that's rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. Equal housing lender. Subject to credit approval. NMLS ID number 349707. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Thanks so much to our friends at... Guarantee. Right. Um. Any other final thoughts on this game before we look ahead to what lies ahead for Sacramento? No, I'm excited for them to get some rest. I'm excited uh, for what lies ahead against the Phoenix Suns because it's not going to get any easier. So let's see how they respond on to this loss my final thought on tonight i celtics fans go away why get out of my city get out of my arena and i understand the king season ticket holders make a little extra money but i'm like dude i guess my perspective on it and i know i don't have season tickets easy for me to say mm-hmm. but if i have season tickets and the Kings are relevant for the first time in 16 years. And I the Celtics are in town. Yeah, I'm not selling it. Uh-uh. And I can tell you this. If I am, I'm doing a background check. I'm not selling to a Celtics fan. There's Celtics fans for obvious reasons, right? It's been passed down to people from generation to generation because back in the day, they were such a big team, blah, 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 always on TV. I get all that. It's just annoying. It was just annoying tonight. Too many Celtics fans and... Uh, King season ticket holders. I know you make extra money, but hey, you want your team to be relevant for a long time. Go to the games or sell them to a Kings fan. One thing I will say that's pretty nice. It, it's it been great that we've been hearing light the beam chants in other arenas. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure like Kings fans are a little annoying to other people too, which makes me excited. For sure. There's just too much green in there tonight for, for sure. a yeah. March game in Sacramento. Ooh. I have different standards for Sacramento. Oh. And, you know. As the mayor of Sacramento, yeah. No, I would definitely not be the mayor. <laughs> they were annoying, though. Uh, Especially, there's, like, just one little kid. That, like, oh, little kids, no. little kid is standing up, like, waving his arms in the air. And I wanted to go down there and just grab him by the head. And do what? And chuck him down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> because I'm like, what do you know? All you know is Tatum. Don't come out here and... Wait, come into my building. Here's my rule for opposing fans, too. I I don't uh, even care if you go to a game. I've been an opposing fan going to a, a, a an arena yeah. or a stadium. Uh-huh. I am so respectful. Yeah. I am not going to be the guy taunting. If nope. I'm beating you, I'm just going to sit there and enjoy it. I'm not going to do anything. Yep. Because I, it's not my house. You don't come in my house and disrespect me. You're allowed to watch the game. Have a seat. Enjoy your seat. Deuce, but you just enjoy have- the building. Don't come in here and be, don't be obnoxious. Don't be obnoxious. That's, I mean, I, that's all you can ask for, but like you're at, look at the human race. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I know, and I then know. sports fans of other teams of teams like the Celtics or the Lakers, yeah. please, yeah. which that's why I was super surprised with Bucks fans, but that was mostly online. Oh well, yeah. There's so many bandwagoners. Um, I think the other thing too is 
I say like, hey, don't sell to Celtics fan or don't sell your tickets. But dude, I bet you some of these people paid a lot of money to see the Boston Getting like Celtics. Double. Yeah. They're They're, getting and double. And some people are going, hey, I want to be able to, because season ticket holders still have to pay for playoff tickets. They're not like, a, playoff tickets aren't part of the package. Oof. You have to pay for those. No And you, that's the thing with season tickets. If you pay for playoff tickets, you have to buy all of them in advance. Like you, oh, through the NBA finals. So like if so you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Can't afford it. Oh my God, that's. But you have the first right to do it, but you you can't money. just buy the first round. You have to you buy like the first round all the way through the NBA Finals. Wait, everyone's so rich. This is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I could unless I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's okay. the case. Yeah. Okay, if if he's wrong, let yeah, us know. Yeah, it's not like you get season tickets. Oh, we're gonna play. Yeah, get them for free this year. No, it's <laughs> you gotta buy them. <gasps> Oh my God, that's crazy! Oh, someone asked, do you get a refund if like they? Yeah, don't? yeah. I mean, you okay. get like the if you you pay it through the NBA Finals, but obviously if they don't go that far, you don't have to pay for them. Uh, the next person on the chat, I can't say your name, but they said I brought my friend who was a Celtics fan. He kept his mouth yeah, shut. That's all I ask, you know. That's a good friend too. Yeah. That was nice of both of you. Uh, Cody says your suit jinxed us, Deuce. I don't think my suit jinxed anybody. I think people are buzzing about it. He's worn the suit. People are like, before. oh, you're doing TV tonight? I'm like, no. Really? Is that? <sighs> Stressed out, man. God. You know, when you get your hair cut, you're feeling good. I know. Uh, and I did the opposite. I totally ended up not actually going to the game. I wasn't working NBC, so I didn't need to. But I usually just go to obviously be there and watch the game in person. But I was just ration it up on my face yeah. i was like nah do you think there should be a rule in sports that you can't sell your tickets to an opposing fan no because your, if your team how about this deuce's rule book you know i got my rule book of life rule 175-2.165 uh-huh if you have a winning team you're allowed to sell your tickets but you can only sell them to Kings fan or just kind of a neutral person. It, I you wish can't sell to the opposing fan. I wish. I wish that was the case. Um, but here's my other question. Are there really rich people? Like, let's say that they know that Lakers tickets sell all the time that don't even go to a Lakers game. Oh, yeah. But no. buy season tickets and just like yeah, make yeah, because money. You can make that's the thing with like Warriors, Lakers. There's certain fan bases that like the Sixers only come here once. Boston comes here once. Chicago's got a pretty yeah. good following in the NBA. These teams who come to Sacramento once and they have the larger fan bases, you can make some good money off of it. Okay. And they, it almost like, depending on how you position it, especially with the Warriors over the years, when the Kings are bad, yeah. like it, it's still cheaper. It's probably cheaper for some Warriors fans to come to a Kings-Warriors game than it is to be at a home Warriors game. So... You can make, you can help pay for your season, your entire season tickets by selling a couple of games. Would a financial advisor ever suggest like doing something like this? This sounds like a genius business plan. I mean, to like make money. It's a gamble. Okay. Yeah. No, it, I get I mean, but isn't everything that you invest in like stocks yeah. and yeah. I'm learning so much right now about business and season tickets. Uh. Uh. All right, coming up next, uh, so I, I talked about that for a second, but uh, coming up next, the Kings have a couple of days off. They're completely off tomorrow, yeah. which is obvious. Mike Brown is not going to make them practice after five and seven in a back-to-back. No. Uh, so they'll be off tomorrow, much-needed day off for everybody involved, and they'll be back in action Friday when they take on the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns are right there with you know behind the Sacramento Kings at this standpoint. Uh, they are now four and a half ahead of the Phoenix Suns. I'll zoom in on the standings if I can. Um, so, you know, you could just totally bury the Suns at that point if you if you beat them coming up on Friday night. Um, the Suns are mm. playing 500 basketball over the last 10 games. They are 38 and 33. So. It'd be nice to bounce back, and then you play back-to-back. -back. You play the Utah Jazz coming up on Saturday, the very next night. And it's gonna, that's going to be a challenge, but this Jazz team has won a couple in a row now after being Boston and Sacramento. They're in the 10th spot. They're trying to sneak in there. So, yeah, it's going to be tough down the stretch. A couple of tough games for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, and I mean, I think we already knew that, but I like I'm I'm still at the point of looking at one game at a time. Okay, and I'm so I'm sorry for acknowledging the Utah Jazz. Next up, you. the Phoenix Suns. Thank you. And the Phoenix Suns, it's another tough squad. We already mentioned that, and 
I think, like I said, the biggest thing is just seeing how they're going to respond. Um, I know another thing that I really wanted to get to was Paul George and just what happened tonight. So before we get to what happened tonight with his leg, you guys, I saw highlights all over the place. Paul George, 360 dunk, in-game, like on a cut. It was amazing. If you haven't seen it, make sure to go look it up. Now, the leg injury. Yeah. I have not watched it and I will not. I'm not I just don't like I don't like watching injuries. Right. When they happen, but uh ESPN reporting that Paul George left Tuesday's 101-100 loss to OKC late in the fourth quarter with an apparent right leg leg injury as George went up for a rebound his right knee seemingly collided with another uh with uh Lou Dort's knee in the air. George landed awkwardly mm-hmm. and crumbled immediately to the floor, staying there for several minutes. When George got up, he needed help to walk back to the locker room with 4.38 remaining in the game. Ty Lue said his post-game news conference that George was still being evaluated and that he had not yet spoken to him. Lou did not know what exactly occurred on the play when George was injured until an assistant coach showed him the replay. Uh, George was seen leaving the arena on the back of a cart with his right leg extended. He nodded to reporters on his way out. Uh, Any serious injury to George would be a devastating blow for the Clippers who entered tuesday's contest having won five of six and then the article also notes that spectacular 360 dunk that morgan just mentioned yeah 18.7 rebounds five assists in that (sighs) game too i mean he's he's playing such great basketball and i didn't see the whole clip because i couldn't i did the whole like didn't really see it it just looked like the way that he came down on it did not look good the knee did not go the way it was supposed to go so um devastating and also just wild that we're talking about this Clippers team that is just again having to deal with injury we're talking about health with them and Paul George what he's gone through in his career yeah with all the issues yeah dude it yeah it sucks I mean this is I think the Clippers are going to go down as the ultimate what if case when they got Paul George and Kawhi you know, everyone was talking about how good they were going to be. And, you know, they've had to deal with major injuries throughout the entire run. And here they are sitting at 38 and 35. And if George's goes down, like they're, yeah, they're, their title hopes are 100% dashed. Um, and that's going to be devastating for them. And then you look at a team like OKC who beat them tonight. OKC's won 8 of 10. They're playing great basketball. Like, I don't think many people expect them to be in this race. I think some people are like, are they going to go and take more? I think they're, at fi- they're a 500 team, yeah, right? They're 36 and yeah. 36 after <laughs> tonight. They're in the seventh spot. And what's even crazier about it, they're a half game out of the sixth spot. So, you know. Holy. The, 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 we're, we're, keep an eye on OKC. Like, if you're if you're the person that bounces around League Pass, start watching some of these games late in the year. Go check out OKC and see what they're doing, what they're stringing together with SGA and Giddy and Jalen Williams. Like their squad is, it's nice. It's a nice young squad. And oh, by the way, Chet Holmgren is starting to like work out now. He'll be ready for next year and they're going to have another piece to add. So it's going to be really interesting down the stretch. The good news for the Kings at this point, um, even though they've lost a couple in a row here, it feels like they're going to stay in the top three, you know, barring like a crazy collapse. And look, Things happen. Things you never happen. Know. <laughs> Knock on wood. But you, you have to feel good about them being in that number three spot. And um, yeah, they'll at that point, if the playoffs started today, they'd be playing the Warriors. If the playoffs started today, if the playoffs started yeah. today, yeah. So I, I think, um, I think they know what's at stake. I think they have the right mentality. But I also think it's uh, just like Mike Brown said after the All Star break, we are now the hunted. Yeah, they're definitely the hunted. You saw the way that the Bucks came out. You saw the way that the Celtics came out. People play up for the Sacramento Kings, which is great in so many ways because then we get to watch great basketball. They get to learn um, and experience going up against great basketball. But the hard part or the bad part is it could result in more losses down here down the stretch. We'll be back on. Friday nights? Wow. Oh, I love a Friday night night chat. Friday night chat following Kings and Suns. Yeah. The Kings lose that game. I think Kings, some Kings fans are going to start freaking out, but it's going to be a tough game against Suns. I'm yeah. excited to see how the Kings bounce back after a couple of days of rest. I do want to look at the Suns schedule real fast before we go because that's something to note real fast. Uh, Suns, 
of course, they play tomorrow night. They play Wednesday night against the Lakers. So that's mm-hmm. a game to watch, see how the Suns look. Um, but Kings and Suns coming up on Friday night. We'll be live after that game. Live Saturday night after Kings Jazz 2. We're live all the time. Oh, by the way, your tickets for our live show go on sale Friday morning, 10 a.m. We love you guys so, so, so much. But we gots to go. You're all the best for being here. Sleep beams, everybody. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.